Good morning, Saints. Good morning. This morning we're going to be going going over Psalm seven. Uh, Pastor Kyle said in his sermon uh, when it, on Psalm thirty that the titles of the psalms can tell us a lot, and some of them can't tell us so much. Uh, title. The title of Psalm 7 tells us a lot, and it tells us not so much in both, way, both ways. Uh, in the title, the word Sigion, is it, is, nobody knows exactly what the word Sigion means. Some say it's musical, and some say it's this and some say it's that but nobody's actually sure and no one is clear who Cush a Benjamite is he's not in the Old Testament this is the only place that he is but there's one thing clear David in this title David sang to the Lord and David was concerned about the words of Cush it's the words of Cush that bothered David and those words were the purpose of this song. And James chapter 3, verse 8, says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. When I was in grammar school, I would come home and tell my dad about how the kids were always making fun of me, calling me names and, and all this stuff. And my father would always say, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words would never hurt you. But you know, I learned later that those words do hurt you. They, they hurt me then, they hurt me now. But now, I can handle them a lot better. <laughs> but, uh, and, and it's the words in this song that Cush said that hurt David, and we'll see how those words hurt David in this psalm. Psalm 7 is about David praying for deliverance, declaring his innocence, pleading for God's righteous judgment, and resting in the fact that God always judges righteously. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Psalm 7, and then we're going to take a few minutes and let you read it for yourself, and then we'll start the discussion. A Sigiong of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. O Lord my God, in you do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it to pieces with none to deliver O oh Lord my God, I have done, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, 
Let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. And let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory into dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me, you have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it, return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts. O righteous God, my shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who fills indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his stone. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord the Most High. Take a few minutes, read read this psalm over, and we'll start the discussions. Verses 1 and 2, and David is praying that God would deliver him from his enemies. And David begins verse 1 and 2 with a prayer saying, O Lord my God. By saying, O Lord my God, David is saying two things. One, he's seeking the Lord earnestly. And two, he's expressing reverence and confidence all at one time. In just those four words. And notice that David addresses the Lord as my God. If we can call the Lord my God, you know, then we are a long ways toward deliverance. To be able to comfortably address God as my God shows that we have a special relationship with him. And that's just like David had such a relationship that he could go before God and ask him to to do what was right in his righteousness. Notice in verse 1, the Bible says, In you do I take refuge. David didn't ask God for refuge, but he stated the fact that he takes refuge in God. You know, he already was doing that because of the fact that David could say, save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. It is important 
that we have a close relationship with, with God just like David did. So when we're in times of need, we will be prepared. When we, if we go to the Lord and ask for salvation and deliverance and, and help. We need to start doing these things before we need all that help. In verse 2, fear sets in because David is scared that his enemies are going to tear him to pieces and like a lion and rip him apart. With David being a shepherd, he has seen how the lions tear sheep to pieces. In fact, David had run-ins with with lions and bears when he was a shepherd. In 1 Samuel 17, 34, and 35, when David was going to fight Goliath, David told Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of its mouth. And if it rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck and killed him. So David knew the fear of being torn apart by a lion. So David felt that was what his enemies would do with their accusations. They, you know, their accusation, he was scared it just going to ruin his whole life and his reputation. These examples of God's deliverance in David's life strengthened David's faith in God's ability to deliver him. And I'm sure all of us in this room have been through things and seen God deliver us from those situations. Amen. And we can look back we, or we should look back and see what God has done. And that builds our faith and our confidence in God. In 1 Samuel seventeen thirty seven, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of Goliath. So he, he had perfect confidence and we can have the same. As David believed, we should believe that the door is the only hope for deliverance. We should seek salvation and deliverance from the Lord and the Lord alone. Do not seek it from the world or yourself. Only God is able to save us from any situation. David had many enemies. And so we will too. And then we do have some. Persecution is nothing new to the people of God. Persecution is a sign. Persecution is a sign that there is some good in you if a wicked world abuses you. So we, we know that we are walking with the Lord when persecution comes. Because without the persecution, we can say, you know, are we really, truly walking with God? 
In verse 3, David says, O Lord my God, if I have done this. Done what? David goes on in verses 3 and 4 with a list of accusations that Cush could be accusing David of. And there's, uh, the list is, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause. If David had done these things, he would, he'd be worthy of the kind of faith from which he was asking God to deliver him from. If David is guilty of the sin that his enemies are claiming, then his enemies have the right to take his life. But David hadn't, David hadn't sinned like his enemies were saying. They were claiming that he was trying to kill Saul and, and all kinds of other things. The truth is, God, knew, God and David knew the truth. And David was innocent and he needed the Lord to vindicate him. Because of the lies being spread about David, David is asking the Lord in verse 6 to arise, lift up, wake up. <laughs> you know, we, are, we all know that God does not sleep or slumber. But sometimes God makes us think he's asleep so we will come to him with our situation, talk to him, you know. And David understood that God didn't really sleep because of his confidence in the Lord. Verse seven through, verses 17 through 13 says, Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. God is righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his stone. He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. Remember back in verse 6, David asked God to wake up, judge the people. Verses 7 through 13 tells us what he meant. Verse 7 says, that David is seeing a gathering of people surrounding God's judgment throne. And God's subjects, both loyal and traitors, are waiting for him to return for judgment. There's no doubt about it. God is going to return. Amen. And you know what? We don't have to be afraid. Because when God judges and makes everything right, the righteous man will be, will be vindicated. Verse 8 says, The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. It sounds here like David is being arrogant and almost self-righteous. David, like, 
Pastor Kyle was saying discussions. He's not saying he's sinless. He's saying, I'm fine with you judging me, Lord, because the lies they are spreading about me is not right. I am innocent. I am righteous. And I'm a man of integrity of the things that I'm being accused of. But in verse 9, God's judgment doesn't end so well for the wicked. It says, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end. And may you establish the righteous who test the minds and hearts of righteous God. When God judges the wicked, their wickedness comes to an end. But the innocent will be established. How does that happen? Because God tests the minds and hearts. God alone knows people's thoughts and motives. If you're righteous and your thoughts and motives are right, God is not going to let that go unnoticed. God is our defense. He's our Savior who delivers us from evil. Verse 11 says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. God will judge the righteous and vindicate them, but is angry, but he is angry with the wicked every day. God doesn't forget the wickedness of those who persecute his people. He is constantly watching over the wicked, making sure they get what's coming to them. Verses 12 and 13 are frightening, or should be frightening to the wicked. It makes you wonder how the wicked can still disobey the Lord and ignore his threats. As we talk about in the discussion, lest the wicked repent and turn from their wickedness and turn to God, he's going to sharpen his sword. And God is not going to hang that sword over the fireplace. He's going to use it to destroy the wicked. So the wicked don't have any hope here. Verse 13 says, The Lord has instruments of death. They are swords, bows, and arrows with fiery shafts and a number of additional deadly weapons at his disposal. And they are meant for the wicked. In verse 14, David pitches his slanders as being pregnant and delivering a child. So the wicked ones are pregnant and filled with mischief, laboring in sin and giving birth to evil. And that's what they think about all the time. But in verses 15 and 16, reads that the wicked makes a pit, digging it out, and, the fall, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his skull his violence descends. The wicked might dig a pit for the innocent to fall into, but they are the ones who will fall into the pit. The wicked can see mischief and violence against innocent people, but it will only return on them. Because God will cause whatever device they invent to backfire on them. I want to close with a biblical example of how the schemes of the wicked turns on them. 
It is in the book of Esther between Haman, the king's advisor, and Mordecai, the Jew. King Xerxes gave Haman a position that was higher than all the king's men. He, the king ordered that everyone was to buy before Haman, but Mordecai would not buy to Haman. This made Haman very angry. So he devises a scheme to kill the Jews. Haman went to the king with this scheme, and the king approved. Mordecai heard about these plans that Haman made. And Esther's servant, he and Mordecai told Esther's servant about what Haman was going to do. And then Esther's servant went servant went back and told her. And Mordecai asked Esther to go to the king and ask for mercy and plead for her people. So what Esther done was she invited the king and Haman to a banquet. The night before the banquet, the king couldn't sleep and thought about how he could honor Mordecai for telling him about how the two guards had planned to kill him. The king asked Haman what should be done for a man that the king wants to honor. Haman said the king could have a servant dress Mordecai up in his royal clothing and ride his horse and parade him around town and make a big deal out of Mordecai. So what the king done is he told Haman to parade Mordecai around town. And he didn't like that, but he, he, he kept it to himself. So at the banquet the next day, Esther tells the king about Haman building the gallows to hang Mordecai. The king became very angry and had Haman hung on the gallows he had built for Mordecai. So all this planning that Haman done just returned on him and he died instead of him being able to kill Mordecai. Because God is just and fair, we can praise Him. Yes. Just as David did. He, in verse 17, I, I will give the Lord the thanks due to His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. We, we should always remember that. Because he, David praised God but even before he was delivered. Yes. The night before Jesus was crucified, the Lord took the bread and he broke it and said, This is my body. And after that, he took the cup and said, This is my blood, the new covenant. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I invite you to the table. 
And we keep, we'll, we'll start here at this table and work our way around. 